Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball, kind of whenever. I am your host, Chris Giant. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How are you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing well today. We got more all-star voting to go over, and we got... I wanted, I wanted to talk about one guy who... I think deserves his own segment rather than a how about that, because I feel like it is kind of too generic for a how about that in a weird way. But we need to talk about this guy. Um, Do you want to just get into that right now? Yeah, um, we're talking about uh, Julio Rodriguez, who's just been uh, out of this world lately. Um, Yes. Yeah. So Julio Rodriguez, um, he uh, debuted this year. you know, opening opening day, I believe he's played every single every single game this year. Um, I know he's right. When you go to his baseball reference page, his games are bolded. Um, okay. Not the only thing that's bolded on that page, by the way. Uh, Leads to bases, but um, he started out a little bit slow, but he's he's really turned things up uh, ever since he ever since the start of his season uh, since May sixth. He is hitting 299, uh, 357 on base percentage, 570 slugging is pretty remarkable from uh, from Julio Rodriguez. And he uh, also has a 928 OPS and a 168 weighted runs created plus a lot. And, Which, and that's uh, not, you know, that's where the story kind of starts, though, because he has tremendous. I would say what uh, what date did you use there? May 6th. Okay, I used a layered one where he was doing slightly better. Um, so take into account Chris's information very seriously, but also take a look at mine as well. Since May 15th, he is slashing 299, 356, 598 for a 954 OPS, 175 weighted runs created plus as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and this is this is a rookie. This is his first year in the league. He's 21 year old. 21 years uh, old. I think both both of us are older than him. Um, yep, yep. Yeah. I'm about, I'm a he was born December 29th, 2000. Yep. <laughs> That's and humbling. He, he's been uh, unbelievable. Currently leads all of baseball in stolen bases. He has 20 stolen bases. He's bringing the stolen base back on his own. Pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and then along with that, getting extra base hits like a madman and uh, also very, very good defense. You have you tweeted out a stat earlier, which was pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Julio is the only player in Major League Baseball with um, hard hit rate, sprint speed, and outs above average in the 90th percentile. The most remarkable thing about that specifically is that it covers three entirely different assets of the game. It's, you know, how well you're hitting the ball. Like, you know, if you're connecting, sprint speed obviously is running. Outs above average is defense. If you're good at all three of those you are probably like 
one of the most elite players in the game. And Julio Rodriguez is the only one that is 90th percentile on all three of those. Yeah, he's uh, he's really spectacular. And it's like, you know, he's only 21. So, you know, he's still kind of figuring things out technically. The only thing that he really still has to figure out is walks and strikeouts. And that's, you know what, it's your first time seeing Major League Pitching. Like, it shouldn't be a surprise or a concern to anyone that his strikeout numbers are high, his walk numbers could be higher. And that's going to come. Like, that's going to figure itself out eventually. And if he keeps doing everything else, we have one of the best players in the league on our hands, undoubtedly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's there's a reason why, you know, when he came up, uh, I believe this year he was the number three prospect in baseball entering the year. Um, he's been top five for a couple of years, I think. Um, yeah. Like, he's just been – at the top of the heap, you know, everyone's kind of known he's, he's, he's been, uh, he's been good. And also uh, I should mention all these stats are as of before their game against San Diego on Tuesday, because I just went to Zavaga. Just, just, just in case he homers again, like he did yesterday. Yeah. He hit the, uh, he hit the top balcony of the Western metal supply building. Yeah. I was literally just going to see like what the projected distance on, his home run. You know, yeah. Uh, while you're doing that, I'll just tell you one more stat that I collected. Uh, since May 15th, the data used earlier, uh, he is two and a half F4, which ranks tied for fifth in the majors. And he also has 26 barrels as a center fielder with speed. And the only players uh, that have more than that are Aaron Judge, Kyle Schwarber, and Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they're great players, but they're also not. Uh, 90th percentile out of average and stealing a bag, you know, every four games or so um, on, yeah. on average. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Um, yeah, his home run yesterday went 429 feet pulling the ball too. So, I mean, that's like 100 feet over the fence. Um, one stat, uh, uh, a, a historic stat I have on Julio Rodriguez, I will, I will say. Um Julio Rodriguez, there has only been there's only been one other player, 21 or younger, to have 15 plus home runs, 15 plus doubles, and 20 plus stolen bases in their first 81 games of a season. And that player is Mike Trout in 2012, um, who, you know, he won rookie of the year, he finished second in MVP. It took Miguel Cabrera winning a triple crown for Mike Trout not to win MVP that year. So I believe uh that's the type of company that Julio Rodriguez is uh, surrounding himself with, with the start he's having to, uh, to this season. Sarah Langs had a tweet. Um, I just, I just need to find it. That is always good. That's how I, that's how you know something's good. Something good's coming. Yes. If you want to get my ears perked up, you say Sarah Langs had a tweet. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Julio Rodriguez is the first player since at least 1900. Of course, game logs only go back to 1901, so that's how far back we can check. With 15-plus home runs and 20-plus stolen bases in their first 81 career games. Oh. Oh, yeah, 81 career games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I can get that on StatHead. Yeah, that's pretty wild. You could. You could. Oh. It's in the span finder. I was just too lazy. I just did That's fair. one game That's fair. of a season, 21 or younger. 
but uh but yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike Trout did play in 2011 and was okay-ish yeah um so yeah I mean Rodriguez what he does in the batter's box what he does in the outfield and what he does on the bases it's a combination you don't see a lot and uh something that um should be cherished should be cherished um and he's uh Looks like also, you know, he's he's uh, putting himself at the forefront of the uh, AL Rookie of the Year conversation as well. Um, and uh, just the, the all-star conversation in, in general, I think he's a uh, top 15 in all of MLB overall in, uh, in F4. Yeah, let's take a look. He's 16th. Yeah, 16th in all of Major League Baseball in F4. Yeah, should definitely be an all-star this uh when in uh, in Los Angeles, so yeah. um, you wanna you wanna hear a take, Chris? Yeah, let's hear a take. A Mariners run is coming. I can buy into that. Yeah. Yeah, we just I don't know if you've checked, but do you know how far out they are from the third wild card spot right now? Um, maybe uh, four games. Exactly four games. You got it. Good job. Yeah. They're within striking distance. The only there, so they are, if you look at the wild card standings right now in the American League, it's the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Rays, our top three. Cleveland is behind all of them. And then the Mariners are right behind uh, with a 40 and 42 record. They're almost back at 500. And not to mention, they've won seven out of their last 10. They have a plus eight run differential, which, you know, a lot of people were concerned about that last year. And one thing that I think is pretty interesting is uh, Robbie Ray has been pitching much better lately. Julio has been getting going. Unfortunately, Ty France got hurt, and right now there isn't really a timetable for his return. So that's a tough time for him to go down. But, I mean, if Julio is going to lead the charge here, like this, this Mariner team can make a comeback and they can make the playoffs, especially in a division where – they're going to be facing the A's. They're going to be facing the Angels, who have been struggling. They've only faced them twice this year, so they got them plenty more from here until the end of the season. They're also going to have uh, the Rangers, who are, you know, they've had their runs. They've been a little inconsistent. But if they play those games well, and they and if they can manage themselves against the Astros, look out. Uh, just, just by the way, Robbie Ray, uh, we talked about, like, his, uh, his worst inning in every starts, and uh, – in his last five games, he is an 080 ERA. Yeah. With uh, 40 strikeouts in 33 and two-thirds innings. I've, I've also only nine walks, one home run allowed. Uh, he actually developed a sinker very recently, which has brought him a lot of success, like I, I previously mentioned in the last few games. Uh, he's finally becoming the ace that they signed up for. Everything seems to be clicking right now, and I think this team – is not out of it yet. Yeah. Um, and also um, another guy who was an addition who previously was, um, you know, kind of disappointing, Jesse Winker, who actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he probably, um, he's been appealing to suspension. He probably will, you know, have to pay, pay some sort of suspension. But in his last 13 games, he's hitting 311 with a 948 OPS. Um, so he's starting to turn it around, um, and, uh, you know, look like, looked like the hitter that the Mariners intended to trade for, 
um, back in uh, back in the past off season. So, you know, if if the guys they acquired can turn it around like they have like they have been, um, and you know Julio Rodriguez can play how he's been playing, um, you know Mariners have enough pieces to where they can, uh, especially in a you know we've we've mentioned mentioned it a lot. Six six playoff teams in each league now um, brings a lot of uh, brings a lot more possibilities. So yeah, absolutely the Mariners can uh, can make a run for uh, yeah. for a playoff spot. I'm gonna add a few more points to this actually. Uh, looking at the pitching, I saw Robbie Ray obviously, but Logan Gilbert. I know he's your guy, Chris, but he's been doing extremely well for them at two six six ERA, and yeah, George whole- Kirby as well. What's that? He's been doing well the whole year. He has been. He was an early how about that of mine. But also George Kirby has been really interesting to me. He's 24 years old. Uh, he has 8.7 strikeouts per nine and 1.2 walks per nine, which is, I mean, as a 24-year-old, that's pretty, like, historically good, I would say. Uh, his problem is that he's allowed 1.8 home runs per nine, which is obviously a lot. But that's something that will flatten out. Like, there's no way he's just going to go, like, especially with his stuff. You know, he's just missing location right now, and that's going to happen. But that's going to go down. Yeah. And he's going to be a force in that rotation as well. Yeah, the the Mariners, um, you know, before the season started, we both both had the Mariners as a playoff team. Um, We both saw the potential in them. They had a 90-win year last year. so when they started out poorly, we were kind of confused of what was going on. Um, and yeah, you know, them stepping it up a little bit over the past uh, past couple of weeks. Um, now we're like, all right, you know, Mariners, Mariners are coming back. You know, they're two games away from from getting to 500. And um, yeah, if they're if they're above 500 before the All Star break, um, there's a there's a lot of possibilities for them. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a run's coming, and I think Julio Rodriguez is going to be at the forefront. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's going to have his 1995 moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, because um, he's been getting a lot of comparisons to Griffey as well. I know there was a stat that I saw somewhere where, like, apparently through their first 79 games, they had the same like batting average, RBI, runs scored, home runs, or something like that, like the exact same between the two of them. That's wild. Um. Yeah. yeah, on the on the Mar- 2022 Mariners page, uh, you know, Rodriguez is the Winsburg replacement leader for them. So he has uh, he's he's been leading the way so far and, uh, you know, it could could go further. Um, yes. We're being optimistic in Seattle. Um, so we talked about how Rodriguez, you know, he should probably be in the. Uh, you know, on the American League All-Star roster. Um, and speaking of All-Stars, we are now in phase two of All-Star voting. They seem to change every year. Now there's, what, two candidates for each position, which is weird. So Each position, five in the outfield. Yeah. Well, actually, technically four in the outfield because two of them are already in because they got the most votes. So it makes the poor voting in phase one more impactful which i don't like uh no i don't either yeah it should be at least at least three guys 
like it, it should I, just be it should just be not fan voting. We're being completely honest with ourselves here. I mean, yeah. Uh, every year we're just going to advocate for us two picking the all stars. Every year, yeah. it would be it'd be much more fun. Or like um, like Sabermetrics Reddit, just have them. Yeah. Referencing like PCRA. Exactly. Uh, for for their all star selections, but um, yeah. I mean the there's. The, the voting, I will say, with the options we're given, uh, not very hard. Um, no. Uh, or I should undo my votes. Uh, so at first base, in the American League, we have Ty France and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, in the National League, we have Paul Goldschmidt and Pete Alonzo. Um, so... You have that second base. It's Jose Altuve, and we're going to see a theme here: Santiago Espinal. If you're wondering what team uh, Espinal is on, he's on the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, in the National League, we have Ozzy Albies and Jazz Chisholm. Uh, at third base, uh, in the American League, we have uh, probably the hardest vote: Rafael Devers, yeah. Jose Ramirez, um, and the National League, we have a, a pretty hard vote there, too, with Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. Um, in the American League at shortstop, Tim Anderson, Bo Bichette. Uh, that's a classic Blue Jays moment. Um, National League, it is Dan G. Swanson and Trey Turner. Then at catcher, um, in the American League, we have Alejandro Kirk and Jose Trevino. In the National League, at catcher, Wilson Contreras and Travis Darnot. Then in the outfield with the American League, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., that's odd, uh, George Springer, <laughs> Giancarlo Stanton, and then, of course, Mike Trout. Uh, Aaron Judge, he was the leading vote getter, so he automatically just gets a, uh, a starting spot, I believe. Yeah, he gets a starting spot in the, uh, in the All-Star game, very deservedly so. In the National League, the, starting, the, the leading vote getter was Ronald Acuna Jr., who... I mean, I don't know how many games he's played. I think he's done well in the games he's played, but he hasn't played that many games. Um, and then also in the National League outfield, you have between Mookie Betts, Adam Duvall, Sterling Marte, and Jock Peterson to choose from. And then with the designated hitter, you have Jordan Alvarez and Shohei Otani in the American League, and then William Contreras and Bryce Harper to choose from in the National League. A lot of Braves and Blue Jays representation yes a lot of that um do we want to just get into uh our votes um yeah for sure all right so um we'll start out at uh first base who do you got so ty france does have the numbers but he is hurt and i don't know if he's going to be in the all-star game or not there's not much of a timetable for his return i don't believe uh so Realistically, the vote should go to Vlad Jr. since, you know, he's actually going to be able to play. Uh, yeah, no, no timetable for return. He's eligible to be back right now, but he's not. But I would probably just, I mean, I'll probably still say Ty France just for statistics sake. Yeah, um, for reference, Ty France has 2.3 F4. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is at 
uh, 1.8. Um, similar on the, no, uh, yeah, Ty France has 20 more weighted runs created plus than Vladdy Jr. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would agree, like, France is more deserving, but, like, you don't know if he's going to be able to play anyway. That vote's, that vote's really not going anywhere. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, like, like yeah, I mean, I guess it does mean a bit for Ty France that, like, it'll gain him, like, the – because especially if he's a pre-arb player, like, he'll get, you know, hey, I was an all-star on his on his uh, arbitration hearings. Yeah. Like, that'll be definitely good for him. And it's like he could still get first place and then, like, you just throw Vladdy in. Exactly, because, like, spoiler alert, you know, the same conflict exists with Bryce Harper and William Contreras where, yeah, Harper is more deserving statistically, but he's not going to be there. Yeah. Yep, yep. But, you know, Bryce, like, you know, if Bryce loses this to William Contreras, I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't know the guy personally, but, you know, is he losing sleep over not getting the all-star nod over William Contreras because he got hurt? Maybe, but probably not as much as Ty France would if he lost because he got hurt to Vlade Jr. Yeah, because one of them is on a 13-year, $330 million contract, and one of them is not. Um, yeah, and one of them is simply at a stage where he's just trying to win games for his team. One of them is, you know, obviously trying to do the same, you know, trying to be a part of something big in the city of Seattle, but also, you know, there's a lot in it for himself personally. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, then we go to the National League, um, where picked kind of easy, Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, there's, there's really nothing really, really needs to be said. Paul Goldschmidt is an MVP candidate in the National League. He might be the leading MVP candidate in the National League right now with the way that he's been playing. Uh, no offense, you know, no disrespect to Pete Alonso, but this one should not even be remotely close. Yeah, and Alonzo's having an all-star season, but he, you know, he, he is. started first. I would also love to see Goldschmidt finally win an MVP. Yeah, yeah. Like that dude deserves it. He's been in the top three like a million times. Sure. And it's it's weird because he's never been good enough to deserve it, but he's always been good enough to be there. So I think it's I would think it would be cool for him to finally have the year where it's like it's Paul Goldschmidt. Like, let's stop asking questions. Yeah, that would be pretty nice. That would be pretty nice. Um, then uh, at second base in the American League. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, I think I like I like Santiago Espinal. I think it's like Santiago Espinal to me is like, oh, cool. The Blue Jays have this other guy that's doing pretty well. Yeah, true. Like that's that's what I see him as. It's like he's like an added bonus to that team almost. Yeah. Um, it was like uh, that one year when Sandy Leone just randomly started hitting really well for the Red Sox, and it was like, oh, like we have this good offense, and now suddenly Sandy Leone. It's like a to make a more modern modern example. It's like what Matt Carpenter is for the Yankees right now. It's like the yeah. offense is rolling on all cylinders. They have so many stars, and it's like, oh, here comes this guy that was released on a minor league deal that's now hitting, that's now in our everyday lineup and is hitting key home runs for us. Like that's how I see Santiago Espinal. Yeah, Espinal's been uh been pretty cool for Toronto. I mean, like, you know, he's yeah. had a good season. He's had a 105 yeah. way runs pretty Like, I don't mean I do not mean any disrespect to him, but um he's not an all-star. Yeah, uh yeah, 
Jose Altuve has a 159 rating on his career plus, and Santiago Espinal is at 105. So, um, and then along with other factors, yeah, Altuve is uh, mm-hmm. is the guy to go to there. Um, National League, that's also, first of all, so it's Jazz Chisholm versus Ozzy Albies. First of all, Albies has a fractured foot. <laughs> um, yeah, and will not be there. And also, that's not even the number one factor of why he wouldn't be an all-star starter. Correct. <laughs> he has a 690. He has a sub-700 OPS. Yeah, yeah, no, Jazz Chisholm's the easy choice here. A, because he's fun. Yeah. Like, I, I hope, you know, I think he'd be good to watch on a national stage. Yeah. Uh, I mean, looking up and down this lineup, like, he fits right in with guys like Machado, Goldschmidt, Betts, like, guys who are going to be in that National League lineup that are guys. I think Jazz Chisholm deserves to be there. Yeah, I think it would be fun to watch in the home run derby too. Um, I agree. That would be a, a good show. Um, okay, this is the big one. American League yeah. base. I've put a lot of thought into this. You're not, no matter what you say, you're not wrong. And I, I'm going to go with a tiebreaker here, and it's such a t- cheap tiebreaker, but. Jose Ramirez has gotten screwed so many times just in any facet of awards, MVP, the all MLB team, anything contracts. Let's be honest. Yeah. Jose Ramirez has forever gotten the short end of the stick and like, you know what? I feel like we just need to throw him a bone here. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, you know, they've had a similar Offensive production out of the batter's box, but Ramirez has the edge base running wise. Um, and then uh, in terms of outs above average defensively, he has the edge defensively. So, yeah, you know, I, we're both Red Sox fans here, but we're also big Jose Ramirez fans. And uh, yeah, I, I'll give uh, Ramirez the nod as well. Yeah, I just knowing what that man has been through as far as, you know, things that are out of his control. I, I can't I can't contribute to that. I can't look back at my life and be like, wow, Jose Ramirez's best season, and I was a part of why he didn't start the All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the guy should already have an MVP. He should be making bank somewhere else. Yeah. He should be on a t- – uh, yeah, he should be – well, like, I mean, I get, yeah. He should be on a $200 million contract. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, another interesting uh, vote, National League third baseman between Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. Um, what are your Gotta thoughts? I love the, uh, the sort of rhyming last names there. Yeah. Machado, Arenado. <laughs> I'm going to go with Manny on this one. He's just had a tremendous year, you know, through and through. He has had some injury problems, but he's been able to fight through them at every step. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's not really much else to say. I, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they've been kind of uh, neck and neck, uh, generally speaking. However, um, Manny Machado has slightly better offense out of the batter's box. They have very similar defense. They're both gold glove quality defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but Manny Machado has seven stolen bases. Nolan Arenado has zero. 
Um, There's also the intangible of the fact that Manny Machado is playing probably the best baseball that he's played since he signed with the Padres while Fernando Tatis Jr. is out, and he's been keeping them afloat, you know, in that time. Uh, they're, I believe, like four or five games behind the Dodgers right now. I know that, you know, they had a rough weekend against them this weekend, but, I mean, they're still in it while the, in the time that the face of their franchise has been out, and that is very largely due to Manny Machado. Yeah. Um, so we both give Machado the vote there um, for a variety of reasons. Um, yes. American League shortstop, it's between Tim Anderson and Boca Chet. I think we'll both take uh, Anderson. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ander- do, you want, do you want to just move on? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure, we'll, we'll do that. Um, National League shortstop. You have yeah. um, Dansby Swanson and Trey Turner. Pretty interesting there. Yes, you do. Um, Dansby Swanson has been one of the better defenders this year. Trey Turner has not. Um, but, you know, similar offense production out of the batter's box. Uh, Swanson has an 868 OPS. Turner has an 850 OPS. Swanson has 12 stolen bases. Uh, Turner has 16. Uh, oddly enough, uh, Dansby Swanson has a higher BSR. Uh, which is base running runs uh, measured by fan graphs uh, than Trey Turner. Um, personally, I give uh, Dan's response in the edge. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you do the same? I, I would also give I would also give Dansby the edge. I did vote for Trey Turner in phase one of voting, but Dansby Swanson has just done so much for that Braves lineup uh, and defense ever since then that I have changed my vote. Yeah, yeah, he's been uh, – I mean, he was a how about that of mine two episodes ago. Um, and uh, American League catcher Alejandro Kirk. These, these, you know. these options are so funny. And you know what? It's not even like – you can't even really chalk this one up to Yankees and Blue Jays fans stuffing the ballots. Yeah, like – American American League catcher was a real tie up until Alejandro Kirk just became the best player in baseball. Yeah. Um, With that being said, that's our vote. Yeah, Kirk. Uh, Kirk takes the takes the way. Um, and then you have Wilson Contreras versus Travis Darnot. Darnold. Um, mm-hmm. Take. I think that's Contreras. Yeah, that's that's got to be a Contreras pick, no doubt. Um, then in the outfield, um, American League outfield options are probably not what they should be. I I, I should really look at the whatever at the at the rankings. But Aaron Judge, leading vote getter, that I get. Um, that's correct. Mike Trout's in there, but then if you look at so American League. F4 leaders actually should go not qualified, but zero plate appearances if we're looking at F4. Um, so the rankings go Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez is actually a DH, so he shouldn't be in there. Mike Trout, then Julio Rodriguez, who I kind of get is not in there because he has a He only really started doing it lately. But Kyle Tucker should be in there. Um, Taylor Ward uh, actually is sixth in the American League in outfielder F4. <laughs> 
Um, Byron Buxton uh, is, is a good option. Uh, Adolis Garcia is eighth in the American League in the F war among Taylor us. Ward. Taylor Ward since May 31st has a 637 OPS. Yeah, and you know. It was going to happen, which is very funny because his OPS is still at 948. Yeah, I mean, you look at the He was out of his mind. Very good. Um, and then in ninth is George Springer, who is on the uh, is on the list. And then um, 13th is Giancarlo Stanton, who's there. And then Alertus Gurriel Jr. is 19th on that list. Um, so, you know, the guys ahead of there's you know there's 18 guys ahead of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and only um, only four of them are on this ballot, but you know that was Blue Jays fans had a had a major impact here. But uh, who are you voting for in the American League outfield? I got uh, well obviously Judge and then Trout Springer. Yeah, me too. Yeah, um, kind of easy there. Um, Stanton does have a higher OPS than Springer, but Stanton is a DH, doesn't have the defensive impact that uh, Springer has. Um, then in the National League, Acuna is the leading vote-getter. He automatically gets in. And then you have options of Mookie Betts, Adam Duvall, Sterling Martin, Jack Peterson. These options, this selection is kind of easy from the options we have. Um, but I should talk about the uh, National League outfielder snubs first. Um, Jeff yeah. McNeil. Jeff McNeil is second among National League outfielders in F4. He's not there. Brandon Nimmo is third. In Haps, fourth. Juan Soto's not in there. That surprised me. He's fifth. Um, Jerickson mm. Profar, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Dalton Varsho. Actually, I kind of get him not being in there. And then Jack Peterson is ninth among National League outfielders in F4. And Marte's 11th. Uh, but but yeah, I'm going with uh, with Betts and well, Acuna's already in there, I guess, by default. Then Betts and Peterson. Yep. Yeah. Betts I got both. Acuna, Betts, and Peterson as well. Um. And then with DH, it's Jordan Alvarez. This this might be an interesting one. And Shohei Otani. Well, it's interesting because, like, if you're looking at how they're doing in the DH role, it's Alvarez. Yeah, but that's not what everyone's going to look at. But overall player, that's a big question. Yeah, that's why I think it's going to be interesting because poor Jordan has done literally everything in his power to set himself apart from all the other DHs. Yeah. And he's he's going to be an all star either way, and he deserves it. But I just think I mean I'm I'm voting for Shohei because we we can't take this for granted. Like he's I I think I touched on this uh, like in, in a previous episode, but he's not putting up the same numbers he did last year. He's putting better he's putting up better numbers pitching, but not as good offensively. But if he did this last year, we would be freaking out just as much as we actually did last year. Yeah, it's funny. I think so. He has four F four this year, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly four. 
last year he had 8.1, so he's like on the same pace. He's not, he is. Well, because his pitching has just been so much better. He's not walking guys as much. He's striking out a large amount of batters. He's hard to hit. Uh, and the, the offense has been coming around. He currently has an 847 OPS, so he's been better, certainly. I think he can get that up to 900 this year, no doubt. It's funny because he set the bar so incredibly high last year after it was somewhat low, I guess, for his standard. Because going into 2021, it was can he do both for a full season? Didn't matter how we play, just can he do both for a full season? And not only did he do both for a full season, but he did amazing at both. And now it's like, oh, well, he's doing okay at one. So, like, who really cares? Yeah. It, yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah. So, yeah. As long, I mean, as long as he – as long as he's doing both at a decent enough level, he should always be starting the All-Star game in some fashion. Yeah, it's uh, – yeah, it's very interesting. Like, yeah, Alvarez has been better in the DH role. Um, you can – I mean, there's, yeah, a solid argument that Shohei Otani has been a better overall player. Um, I don't know if he's going to get, uh, like, the starting pitcher spot um, for the American League again. Um, but it is funny, like, if he, if he comes in, I mean, it's the all-star game, so you don't have to have the same rules as you do in the regular game. But, like... You know what I think, you know what I think the all-star game should do? Uh, what? I think the All-Star game, because objectively, the All-Star game is very boring. Like, the, the highlight of All-Star week is the home run derby, and the All-Star game is kind of just there. Yeah. Um, so, what if the All-Star game was just banana ball? They play by Savannah Banana's rules. Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot about that, but I kind of want to know more. So, okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the Savannah Banana's rules. Uh, the, the one that probably won't stick is... Uh, two-hour time limit, but there's like a certain rule book uh, that they have. I'm excited to hear. Okay, that. yeah, okay. So, so number one, maybe this one shouldn't necessarily be there, but number one is every inning counts, meaning that they score based on who wins the inning, hmm. which is weird. Uh, number two, two-hour time limit. There's there's probably no way they they can do that. Yeah. Number three, uh, no stepping out. Good for pace of play. Number four, no bunting. I don't think anyone's going to anyway. Number five, batters can steal first, which is just on any pass ball. Like any, like it could be two one if the catcher throws a if the pitcher throws a wild pitch, the guy can just run to first. Love that. Um. Number six, no walks allowed. the The rule is if um if a guy walks, the defense has to throw it to everybody. Like everyone on defense has to touch the ball, and the batter can run as far as he wants, like until that happens, basically. That's uh, one-on-one one-on-one showdown tiebreaker i'm not exactly okay let me see uh one-on-one showbreaker t- tiebreaker showdown each team picks one pitcher and one hitter to face off the defensive team only has the pitcher catcher and one fielder if the hitter puts the ball in play he has to score and make it home to make it up to make it a run if the ball is put in play the pitcher and fielder are allowed to chase the ball and throw it to the catcher for a play at the plate if the pitcher strikes him out or gets him before or gets him out before he scores he doesn't get a run if the batter walks. Uh, he takes he takes second, and the hitting team will bring another player hitter to the plate. Sounds kind of complicated, but why not? Yeah, sure. Uh, number eight is no mound visits. I think that one. I don't think that affects the All Star game too much. And then number nine, if a fan catches a foul ball, it's an out. Oh yeah, 
that that would yeah. that would bring some some cool things into play. I mean the the NBA changed their All Star game. And, yeah, and they made it so much better. Yeah, and I think the NHL did something similar uh, a few years ago. They changed it to like a group of three on threes instead of just one game. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, MLB could stand to. I mean. To be fair, like, baseball is probably a tougher sport to change around the rules like that than basketball or hockey. But you know what? I'm all for an all-star game reform yeah. in some way, shape, or form. I will say, though, like out of all the all-star games, you know, just one game on its own with regular rules, MLB has always had like the best one, but it's still not great. So, I mean, mm. yeah, why not tweak it a little bit? Yeah. Um. So yeah, something to consider. And then uh, last thing to talk about is a nationally de- uh, designated hitter. We kind of preface this, but like Harper can't play. Yeah. So. I I mean statistically statistically Harper deserves it, but I'm put, I'm giving my vote to William Contreras a because, I mean, I feel like he, I don't want to say he deserves it more. He doesn't, but. First of all, I'd be happy for him. And second of all, I mean, we got to get both Contreras's starting. Yeah, that would be. Uh, That's that would be very wholesome and cool. That would be pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. pretty nice. Um, so, um, yeah, that does it for the uh, phase two of voting from Above Replacement Radio. Um, yep. I guess that will take us to players to highlight um so i guess we will start off with our uh tuesday july 5th 2022 edition of who do you have for us today so i'm talking about someone who has just been completely tearing it up. He won player of the week last week, and he continued that success into the previous week. Uh, Isak Paredes of the Tampa Bay Rays has a 370, 431, 957, 1388 slash line uh, with a 293 weighted runs created plus since June 21st. Much of that uh, leads the majors in the, over that span. He is the only player in all of Major League Baseball with an offensive runs above average of eight and a defensive runs above average above one since that span. Uh, and before June 21st, he had a launch angle of 16 degrees. And in that span, he has a launch angle of 11 degrees. So he has hit the ball l- less in the air. I don't want to say more on the ground, but less in the air. During the span, 60% of his batted balls have been pulled. And that is the seventh highest rank among the 187 batters with at least 10 balls that were pulled. And on those batted balls that he's hitting to left field as a righty, he is hitting 524 with a 1762 slugging. Uh, That leads the league. And he has a, this is is cool. So he has a 37.1% fly ball rate and a 61.5% home run to fly ball ratio. So he's hitting the ball in the air a lot, and he's also hitting it into the seats a lot, which is very funny because I think – the only person with a higher home run to fly ball ratio than him over this span was Avisal Garcia, who has like a sub 10% fly ball rate. That's funny. But when you have a high fly ball rate, that makes it even more impressive. Uh, before the span, 30% of his batted balls 
had a launch angle above 40 degrees. That was the fifth highest of the 371 batters with at least 50 batted balls during that span. And in the span, he's cut it to 14.3%. So I alluded earlier to the, the launch angle going down. That doesn't necessarily mean he's hitting on the ground more. It means he's hitting it way in the air less. And that's been uh, paying off for him. Yeah. Um, Isak Paredes. Um, I was, I was looking at the, um, the, the leaderboards and I, there was someone, someone I really thought you were going to go with that you didn't go yeah. with. Um, so I so also you didn't took, go with him. So I didn't go with him. Okay. So, uh, I took Isak Paredes as well. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, he, uh, in his last 12 games, yeah, he uh, he leads the league in home runs with eight slugging, OPS, weighted runs, created plus, and F4. Leads the league in all those. Um, you mentioned pull rate. So when the ball is in game, do- game day zones one, four, and seven, which is the inner third of the strike zone for righties, um, he is slugging 955 when the ball is in the inner third of the strike zone. And that is the second highest slugging out of 287 batters with 100 plus batted balls this year. Um, that's pretty remarkable. So um, when that ball is on the end of 30, he's pulling it, pulling it for a home run, most likely. And uh, also, defense. You mentioned his defense. Yeah, he's been pretty remarkable uh, defensively. He has the he, or he had the ninth most outs above average uh, in the uh, in the month of June. So, yeah, I mean, he's been slugging the ball very well offensively and, uh, and you know, doing very well defensively as well. And uh, might I say, this is, uh, re, you know, addition 1 million on it. Don't trade with the Rays. Uh, should yep. you mention also, uh, literally like two days before opening day, he was traded to the Rays for Austin Meadows. Um, you know, a much higher profile player. And we were thinking like, oh, what is this trade? What's going on here? And uh, yeah, Meadows has not been has not been what Paredes has been. Paredes has been very, very good this year. Meadows has not. So uh, another edition of Don't Trade Raise. You're going to regret it. <laughs> uh, uh, no matter who's involved. Austin Meadows is yet to homer. That Yeah, that's funny. Funny how that works out. Well, Paredes has eight in 12 games. Um, yes. Don't trade with the Rays, man. Even if it makes a lot don't of sense it. at the time. Don't do it. They, it's they not know. Work. Um, all right. Uh, so Isak Paredes getting another. I feel like we've already did the same player, but whether it be how about that is slightly alarming more this year than we have last year. Like, I think we've already broken that record. Because this is the fourth yeah. time we've done it this year. Yeah. Well, what I will say is I feel like there's – when I go to the leaderboards, I feel like there's less unusual players doing particularly well this year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's happened more with how about that than slightly alarming. I, like yes, because like, we we both talked about Alejandro Kirk. We've both talked about Isak Paredes. We both talked about Lucas Giolito on – slightly alarming and we both talked about martin perez yeah yeah and those are the four 
yeah um yeah sometimes it's just like the guy stands out so much and you don't want neither of us to <laughs> address which apparently him. happened last time or this time yeah um i'll have to i'll have to find who that guy is like you can't tell me who it is but i'm just gonna have to find him myself yeah yeah um it's it's a little specific to you he's okay he's a more he's not like an super under the radar player but like he's been doing very well um and it's like it's a guy that i've associated myself with on this show yes gotcha um so that leads into slightly alarming um or or i didn't lead into that how i usually do (laughs) that leads into our uh our tuesday july 5th our tuesday july 5th 2022 edition of um so uh who are you looking at today uh i apologize chris because i am doing a player that is specific to you uh not a player to watch of yours this year he was in the past i know that this is a guy that you uh have some appreciation for but it's aj pollock uh is my slightly alarming today after chicago white Sox. he's been having a tough year dealing with injuries but since June 20th, he is slashing 163, 200, 186, 486 with a nine weighted runs created plus. Uh, in that span, 15% of his batted balls have a launch angle of at least 59 degrees. Wow. Yeah, 59 degrees. That ranks eighth out of the 176 hitters with at least 25 batted balls over that time. So he's hitting the ball way in the air a lot, like a straight pop-up to the infield, basically. He, uh, his strikeout rate has also increased by 4% during the span. And Pollock is also currently uh, going through the worst walk rate in any season throughout his career. So he's striking out more, he's walking less, and that's, that latter has been a whole season thing. And this is the big one. So Pollock is uh, he's hitting and slugging 095 on change-ups this year. Do you want to guess what his uh, ground ball rate is on changeups? Um, 60%. 60%. So he is, uh, he's had 18 batted balls against changeups. 17 have been ground balls. That is a 94.4% ground ball rate. Wow. 94% of his ground balls or have his batted balls against changeups have been ground balls. That is the second highest rate among the 4,605 seasons since at least 2008, where a hitter had at least 10 uh, batted balls against changeups. The only season that ranks above that was Juan Castro in 2010. Uh, he literally went 10 for 10. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Like the bare minimum of uh, batted balls he needed to qualify for that, and he went 10 for 10. Yeah, uh, AJ Pollock. Um, we're probably making show history here. I don't think we've ever matched no way on, on how about Woo! that? It's slightly alarming. You made a face when I said Pollock, I was like, no way. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, he's <laughs> <laughs> the last 14 games, he's hitting 163 with the. 386 OPS. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think you you went more in depth. I didn't know about the changeup thing. Um, yeah, out of a, I kind of found it on accident, honestly. 
out of 179 qualifiers in this span, um, his on-base percentage and slugging rank fifth worst, and his OPS and major runs created plus rank fourth worst. Uh, in this 14-game span, he has only one extra base hit. Um, overall in the year, his average exit velocity is at its lowest in five years. His expected WOBA hasn't been lower since 2016. His pop-up rate is a career high by 3.4 percentage points. That goes along with your um, thing on, you know, launch angles of 59 degrees or higher that leads to a higher pop-up rate. And he's had a career, hop, career high pop-up rate. And uh, his, um, his slugging percentage on sliders has gone from 531 last year to 239 this year. Um, so he's been bad on not only change-ups, but uh, sliders as well. So yeah, AJ Pollock from both of us getting a... I mean, um, people people always say, like, how come you guys never, like, debate or argue anything on the show? And the answer is just that we agree on everything, and this is the perfect example. Yeah. Um, and we try not to do it. We try not to have yeah. one. But uh, sometimes... And, and not only that, but, like, I, I'm sure we've said this on the show before, but we've never reveal our how about that and slightly alarming to each other like you guys hearing it for the first time is our first time hearing it as well i did not know chris put isak paredes and aj pollock he did not know that i did so and we've never known who either of us do yeah yeah i mean otherwise we would never have the same one and uh here yeah. we also by the way um this is the third white Sox player we put on slightly alarming i've noticed Padres, we had nine, I think, last year. So we're All seeing. Right. So then they're not on pace, but yeah, I they mean, crash and burn in September. Yeah, I mean the Padres, like they probably only had like one or two in the first half of the year last year, and then they they just it really picked up like at the every end. every week. We had like one Padre, a new Padre, yeah, yeah. Um, so White Sox could get there, could could get there for sure. Um. So yeah, that does it for players to highlight. Um, not too much variety uh, with this one, no. but um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of a lot of analysis on two particular players. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed exactly. that. Exactly. Um, a very exclusive stat about changeups that you probably were not, are not getting anywhere else. Yeah. No. Definitely not. Uh, yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah, some crazy numbers on ground balls on change-ups. Um, so we'll talk about – we'll do a pre previews of the uh, week ahead. I'm talking about series to watch. Daniel is talking about uh, the day-by-day -day pitching matchups to watch. Uh, you know, it's Tuesday, so some of these series have started. Um, and first series I'll talk about is Red Sox Rays. They're in the wild card, um, you know, they're in wild card spots right now. Um, both teams are, you know, going to be going to be competitive the whole season. So that should be a, a good matchup that uh, that series is uh, is three games. Um, Red Sox won four to nothing yesterday. And the other series to watch is White Sox twins. Um, twins are at the front of the American League Central. Um, White Sox were always, you know, they've been projected to be the 
top of the American League Central, um, but uh, have been struggling. They've also been injured as well, uh, so that should be considered. But uh, the Twins won last night in extra innings, and that is a three-game series, so they'll be playing two more. Um, so Red Sox Rays and White Sox Twins are the series to watch this uh, this week. Absolutely. Going through some day-by-day matchups, uh, starting with Tuesday, uh, one that already started in the time that we've been recording this is Logan Gilbert versus Mike Clevenger uh, in Mariners Padres in uh, Petco. That's a good one. Uh, it's, I mean, it's obviously over by the time you're listening to this. In Angels Marlins tonight, we got Noah Syndergaard versus Sandy Alcantara. Anytime he pitches, it's, it's must watch. Yeah. You're going to have um, Jamison Tyon making his return to Pittsburgh tonight. I'm sure there'll be a plenty of storylines uh, this, this week in that series with, you know, Tyon, Clay Holmes, maybe like Diego Castillo or Ronesny Contreras plays well in the series at some point. I don't know if Ronesny Contreras is projected to start. I know he just did over the weekend. Um, but he'll be facing Jose Quintana tonight. Cal Quantrill and Drew Hutchinson will be facing each other in Guardians Tigers. I forgot Drew Hutchinson was still on the team. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Pavetta will be facing the race tonight for the Red Sox at Fenway. Uh, Ian Anderson, who's been in a bit of a slump lately, is going to be facing Andre Pallanti, who is a very interesting pitcher, in my opinion, on the Cardinals. I think he has like a negative launch angle against, like on the air. Um, Zach Greinke will be making his return to Houston facing Luis Garcia. That'll be a fun one. Michael Kopech will be fe- pitching tonight for the White Sox against the Twins. Kyle Hendricks will be facing the Brewers tonight in Milwaukee. Uh, Alex Wood will be facing the Diamondbacks for the Giants in Arizona. And Herman Marquez will be facing the Dodgers for the Rockies at Dodgers Stadium. And the matchup of the night, uh, it'll come from Mets and Reds. This is a bit of a surprising one. I'm going to go with Max Serger making his return from the IL against Nick Lodolo, who I think is uh, very interesting, very intriguing. Uh, he has an, you know, he has a five-five-two ERA right now, but a three-point-eight strikeout-to-walk ratio, eleven-point-seven strikeouts per nine, three-point-one walks per nine. The home runs and the hits allowed have been hurting him uh, quite a bit. He has a bad up against of three-seventy-five in three games, but you know what? He's intriguing, and I would, I would give it a watch if, if possible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that game might be postponed, but we don't know. On Wednesday. You have Shane Bieber facing the Tigers for the Guardians uh, at Comerica. You have Corbin Burns facing the Cubs for the Brewers at American Family Field. You have Jose Barrios and James Caprillion facing each other in Blue Jays, A's, and Oakland. You have Graham Ashcraft pitching for the Reds against the Mets uh, at Cincinnati. Shohei Otani versus Trevor Rogers. That is a good one in Angels Marlins in Miami. Um, you have... Josiah Gray and Aaron Nola facing each other in Nationals and Phillies at uh, Citizens Bank Park. Luis Castillo will be, or sorry, Luis uh, Severino, excuse me, will be facing the Pirates for the Yankees at PNC. Corey Kluber will be facing the Red Sox against Brian Bayo, making his Major League debut. He's a uh, top prospect. That'll be an interesting one. Miles Michaelis versus Max Fried in Cardinals Braves. That is an exciting matchup. Alex Cobb versus Merrill Kelly in uh, sorry, Giants, Diamondbacks, Christian Javier in Royals, Astros in Houston. Uh, Christian Javier has been pitching amazing in his last couple of outings. 
Tony Gonsolin will be facing the Rockies for the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. And match of the day or mat night comes from uh, the it comes from the, in the day. Match of the day comes from White Sox Twins. Joe Ryan versus Lance Lynn. Nice. Yeah. Thursday, there's very few matchups announced. Uh, almost nobody has announced their matchups yet, unfortunately. Uh, I'll just tell you everything that has been announced. Chris Bubich and Justin Verlander will be facing each other in Royals-Astros. Uh, Bailey Falter will be facing the Nationals for the Phillies. Trevor Williams will be facing the Marlins for the Mets at City Field. Garrett Cole will be facing the Red Sox at Fenway. Matt Libertor and Spencer Strider will be facing each other in Cardinals Braves. It's a couple of good young arms if you want to watch that. Joe Musgrove will be facing the Giants for the Padres. Uh, matchup of the night. Oh, and Marco Gonzalez will be facing the uh, Blue Jays for the Mariners in Seattle. I'm sure there'll be a lot of Blue Jays fans out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suspend matchup of the night just because we don't have enough information, and I don't really feel confident putting any of these uh, there right now. So, uh yeah, match of the day. We'll have to we'll have to see when there's more stuff announced. Yeah, yeah, very fair, very fair. Um, that'll do it for this installment of of, of replacement radio. We hope you enjoyed this one. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, go to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, boost uh, boost some of the action up there. Um, just started uh just started posting some shorts so yeah so did yeah. see that so yeah um view those it, it'll boost our algorithm and um just uh yeah i mean maybe get get some more traction for uh for the podcast um and uh also go to um, follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Kern and follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And we hope you enjoyed this one. Um, and we hope to see you on Friday where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball. Once again, see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over. <laughs>